and welcome to the Star Wars Rebels After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We are talking Season 3, Episodes 21 and 22, collectively referred to as Zero Hour, or Part 1 and 2 if you want to break them down that way. We'll be breaking down both of the episodes and talking about just this season as a whole after the break. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin I love that it was like a part one and like they could have just really rolled all the way through yeah, without, yeah. without the like part one and part twoing of it you know what I mean yeah. like I'm very very glad they did not make us wait a week between oh part gosh. one and part two because I, I would have been climbing I the have walls. to completely agree with you because I mean that that is the thing is that like even though obviously there is a very strong through line and it is a relatively serial series each episode kind of tells a complete story, typically, and this was very much uh, half a story. Exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, in part one, and then part two, of course, being the second half. What is up, everybody? Here we are. It is the end of season three oh. of Star Wars Rebels. We're here talking about it on the Star Wars Rebels after show. Uh, if you guys are listening uh, on iTunes, that's great. Uh, you know, subscribe, leave us reviews. We like that kind of stuff. Uh, but if you are listening on iTunes, remember you can also pop on over to YouTube and vice versa for those of you uh, watching on YouTube. And we stream live on YouTube. Uh, right now it's Sunday nights at well, 7 o'clock tonight, but typically 8 o'clock. We'll see. We'll see what happens when the show comes back. We have no idea what day it's going to be on. It used to be on Tuesdays, then it was on Saturdays. We will see, but you can always... We are adaptable. Like we are. Brothers. We are, absolutely. Uh, but it is really fun. You can join us live, and we are following along with that live chat, as well as the hashtag on Twitter, ABTVRebels. Uh, let me introduce uh, the wonderful panel. Joining me this evening, we have Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaje. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. Megan Salinas. Hey guys, you can tweet at me at the Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And I am Emma Fife. I can be found all over the internet at my name, Emma Fife, E-M-M-A-F-Y-F-F-E. So, season three. As a whole, like, oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. Like, I know that it, it, there are definitely some issues with the season as a whole. And I feel like we addressed a lot of that last yeah, week. Yeah, I agree. But... Oh my gosh, like from beginning to end, this has been a very different season. It's been very dark, very brooding, very, very little filler. Yeah. And all in all, I'm like, can I have season four now, please? And I will say that like the filler episodes that we did get, because the only one that really, really stands out in my brain as being filler is Double Agent Droid. Yeah, but which we, I love. But we learned something about the characters from that episode, and it was really well written, and it was just a really fun Overall experience, like it, and to we got me, some full on terrifying villains. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and to me that felt a lot more like it was fun and it was adding like integral layers to the characters as well as kind of to the Star Wars universe in general because we got a better look at the listeners there than like Space Whales did yeah. last season. No offense to Space Whales, but uh, no. Space Whales. <laughs> no offense I, to Beastmaster. I was going to say, I'm glad yeah. we've kind of left behind Beastmaster Ezra, though. I'm. Though I think that one of the sort of problems I've had with this season is that as Ezra has become a little more independent of Kanan and is kind of been doing things on his own, there has been a little bit of this sort of like 
savory story with him. Like, all of a sudden, he's really good at piloting ships, and, you know. I was okay with that because they actually built some of that up. Some of it came right out of nowhere. Yeah. We had the dialogue to at least say, hey, we've been doing this off screen. Sure, And so they've been doing their homework, and obviously we don't see every moment of their lives. Exactly. I'm comparing this to Iron Fist because (laughs) I'm going through that, and there's none of that dialogue going on. So I'm just like, this is such a relief. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I will say is that it's like, it's not to the point that it's like full-blown and really bothering me. It's just something that... I noticed that was actually making Ezra a little bit less interesting to me as a character yeah. because what makes him so interesting is his struggle. Well, yeah. let's be real. Thrawn is the most interesting character oh, in this my season. Goodness. No, and Thrawn is amazing. Hard to keep up with that. It's very true. Yeah. And I and I'm thrilled that Thrawn is going to continue. Like he's not dead. Yes. <laughs> um, and not to mention that, like, I really love that had everything, you know. Thrawn would have won this. Yeah. It was just very specific actions taken, you know, like um, certain certain people going where they weren't supposed to. Right, Thrawn Constantine. Like, hey, Constantine. I told you to stay there, and like a literal force of nature, like that nobody could have accounted for coming into play. Those are the only reasons why Thrawn was not successful in this endeavor. Bendu yeah. wanted them to get off his lawn. <laughs> like, yeah. that that was what happened there. He's the old man who will bring you in for lemonade and cookies, but then someone started tearing up his topiaries and he was done. Yeah. We, let's talk about the Bendu a little bit because I'm, I'm so happy. See, I'm not sure that I loved everything that happened with him. It felt a little deus ex machina to me. A little bit. Um, you know, they did introduce him at the beginning of the season, and they introduced him. It was it was kind of odd that somebody who was introduced to us as this very zen middle-of-the-road character would all of a sudden explode into a rage. Right. Because Kanan's like, you're a coward. The uh, other thing is, it's very, very easy to be zen and middle-of-the-road when the conflict isn't at your doorstep. When you right. can go... Well, I don't get involved. It's fine. And we've I'm having trouble coming up with examples, but I know I've seen this person in media before. We don't get involved. We don't get involved. We don't get our hands dirty. The Watchers on Oa. That's what I was thinking of. But yeah, it's it's that sort of thing where you can say you're uninvolved all you want, but when it shows up and it's at your doorstep, staying uninvolved is a lot more difficult. And like I said, this this planet is his lawn, and they're tearing up his topiaries, and some kid came in and started poking him with a stick, and he is just 8,000% done. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's hard, too, when you introduce a character like the Bendu, who is very much meant to be this middle-of-the-road character of, like, not getting involved. He's the light and the dark. Yeah, exactly. So I think I would have been... I guess the way that they tried to spin it of, like, no, he's not, like, all about the good guys is because, like, he was kind of a dick to Kanan. You know what I mean? He (laughs) was one of them all gone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have to wonder if he really was the light and the darkness, the actual balance, or if that was just what he thought of himself. Well... And I'm leaning towards the latter. Well, I kind of disagree because... um, 
he he said it himself. Canaan brought war to his planet. Yeah. This planet that prior to this was only inhabited by jerk spiders. Yeah, and himself. that didn't. Well, him. that is true. And I mean, when he does turn into a storm, it is affecting the whole planet. So it's not like he specifically did that in a way that was just assisting the rebels. Yeah. That was very much a detriment to the rebels, as much as it was a detriment to the empire. Oh yeah. And and when the empire comes down to this planet, the planet is then the balance is gone because the dark side has come to the planet. So by expelling all of them, balance is restored. And he's going to go repair his topiaries. Yeah. 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 I just, I felt like, I think if they had more gradually reintroduced the Bendu into the storyline, it would have felt less deus ex machina to me. Or if we'd had more of him along the way. Yeah, We've seen the Bendu maybe once in the latter half of the Yeah, We had him in the very beginning, and then we saw him one other time outside of the the beginning of the season. A little bit sprinkling more here and there. Yeah, because otherwise it does feel like uh, this actual force of nature coming down from the sky and striking lightning down his enemies. I have mixed feelings about it because as I say it's like I like the Bendu so much as a character I like the idea of him being the absolute neutral Um, and I liked his prophecies to both Kanan and to Thrawn. Yes! Yes. uh, What I really like about this and yeah Little bit of Deus Ex Machina, <laughs> but I really like seeing the power that the Bendu is capable of. Right. Um, he was introduced to us as this very interesting layered character because he isn't quite light or dark. But what I really loved about this force of nature going into action is that over the course of this episode, you see more range of emotion out of Thrawn than yes. we have. Ever since he um, he like Showed grabbed up. that yeah yes, he grabbed that guy by yeah. his um, and this is the most emotional we've seen him and it's all very subtle but it's all there and when he tells Thrawn I see your defeat yes oh, that to me was like a description second. of the zombie apocalypse like a yeah. hundred arms in a cold embrace oh. and I'm like yeah no he's getting eaten by zombies I liked it I really liked oh. it and yeah. then the whole like I'm beyond your power to kill well it doesn't seem like that. And then the prediction and the I don't think so trying to kill him, that to me seemed like Thrawn trying to take back the power that he's just lost with that prediction. Like someone has looked at him and said, oh, honey, you are hosed and I know it. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. And just that ethereal laughter. Well, like, that is the one yeah. that sees feet. through people. He's yeah. not the one that gets seen through. Exactly. So, like, that cuts deep, I think. Yeah, again, like, I... There were lots of things the Bendu did in this episode that I liked. It just felt a little too convenient. Yeah. Um, Again, if he had shown up a couple episodes ago. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. And and if if I felt like things had gone down on Atalon in this episode to the point that, like, he was really forced to take action... Then I'd be more on board with it, but it felt more like Kanan showed up and he was like, Duh, I don't want to get involved. And just like, you know, what would have made more sense if he had gotten angry after the storm of laser bullets came down? Sure, onto the absolutely, absolutely. He did, though. No, but I he got like, angry at Kanan and then, like, disappeared and then only came as the storm, like, when they actually showed up on the planet. Yeah. But I feel like getting angry at Kanan and leaving was this sort of this guy's being a jerk. I don't want it here. I'm not going to get involved. And when they started tearing up the planet itself, because that's what that bombardment was, was what, that was the topiaries. 
That was it. If they hadn't done the planet bombardment, I would guess that he wouldn't have shown up. Yeah. It took them directly endangering his planet, tearing up his front lawn for him to be like, no, we're done. And he was less a force for good than he was leveling the playing field. Yeah, he, quite literally. He killed leveling everyone. Yeah. On their way out yeah. as well. As I say, the further I get away from it, the more I'm okay with it. But just like in the moment, I was like, oh, but I like we have all these other characters that like should be solving their own problems, uh, much like Sabine did once we got her back in. Yeah, yeah. and I liked so nice going to Sabine. Again. I did too, and just seeing that. Life doesn't stop when the camera moves away from you. Yeah, that's absolutely I like that we true. Had that. Yeah, and I and I liked because it was so it was so crazy that she left. Like I did, I did not see that coming. But it's also like this is this is a perfect example of like looking ahead mm-hmm. when you're writing a series. You're like, I'm going to put this character here, yeah. so that when things go down, we have someone we can go to for help. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she was perfectly positioned. You know, being on Cronus, the planet, the, the sort of moon of Mandalore that her family is on, and for Ezra to show up and be like, hey. We need like some reinforcements here. Yeah, it's not. It's not narrative. Con- it's not a contrivance for him to go to her to ask for help or for them to acquiesce to that because, like, they owe him one. Basically, yeah. No, that's absolutely true. Uh, and and again, it was like, and I liked that when they did go get reinforcements, it was a very sort of creative solution of okay well like we're not exactly at full strength we can't take everybody with us because we're in the middle of this civil war you know the the saxon clan is still at large and this is after mon mothma turns him down yeah she's like sorry there's nothing i can do can't get involved Um, yeah well and so you know it was like ezra basically relying on the fact that he had this previously existing friendship with sabine and and again it's like She's such a creative problem solver. It was because she couldn't take a whole fleet. They had to leave a bunch of people on Cronist. So she's like, "Eh, maybe we don't need an army. All we got to do is go in there and... Yeah, we don't need to win this fight. We just need to be able to get everyone out of there. Mm -hmm. The victory condition is surviving. Yeah. Yeah, and that counts as a win. Um, Speaking of, like, I loved seeing the Gravity Wells come back. Yes. Like, talking about, like, a show that has done a really good job planting specific seeds in certain places, introducing the Gravity Well uh, into the show. Yes, it existed in Star Wars canon. Yes, we know. Sure, of course. But, like, it's really great to bring it into this show so that, like... All of a sudden, we're not like, what are gravity wells by the time the season three yeah. finale comes around? Rebels doesn't really waste anything. Nah. No, it definitely doesn't. And I mean, you know, very, they very specifically incorporated some things that, you know, you saw in Rogue One because we're getting closer and closer to kind of the onset of that. Yeah, uh, I yeah. mean, one, of course, being uh, dear old General Dodonna, uh, yes. who we see, obviously, initially in A New Hope, but in, in uh, Rogue One as well, so it was fun to have that character in there. Speaking yeah. of, a little bit of voice actor trivia for Ooh. you. That's Michael Bell, who, he's, he's, got, he's one of those voice actors whose resume is a mile long. For sure. One of the original voice actors in Voltron. Oh, did no the, way! Did the voice of Lance. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> 
I love Len that. Len is in everything. He's literally done like a million things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, the, you know, you had General Jordana in there and also uh, the Death Troopers. I think that's what they're called. Yeah, those guys are scary. Yeah, Death Troopers. Like we saw in Rogue One <laughs> taking uh, Jin's father away. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there was that great parallel scene where in Rogue One, they go to the planet that like Jin and her family were living on and... Um, uh, why am I totally drawing a blank on the name of the bad guy uh, in guy. Rogue One? I never uh, knew his name. It's just that you're guy. a crap always in white. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is gonna kill. I'm gonna have to look it up. But anyway, there's this nice parallel scene where like he first shows up and he's surrounded by those Death Troopers, and you have Thrawn like exiting the the ship, flanked yes. by the Death Troopers oh, in that so- terrible hat. Yes, that hat looks you, terrible you, on you, him. You said wonderful things about he it. Looks they like need to he's hear. a rich guy on safari when he wears that helmet. <laughs> He really does. It looks so bad on him. And then when he when Thrawn shows up in front of the fallen Bendu and starts talking to him, she says, "Oh gosh, like, oh look what I caught on safari." Yeah, <laughs> she's like, he's, he's, yeah. A, he's a rich guy on safari. It's hilarious. Yeah, because uh, that's really what uh, that is, and it looks so bad. Thrawn's made a lot of interesting choices. Yes, I never felt like happens. fashion was was a bad choice for him. No, uh, but overall I think he's a much more uh, effective villain than Orson Krennic, which Chad is the name Krennic, of the bad yep. guy. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I was like it's, it's like a cub, but all I can think of is Admiral Constantine, because you guys, maybe oh. I am a horrible person, but I am so glad that he finally died. He's oh, gone. Yeah. And I love that we built it, like all throughout the season, Thrawn has just been kind of <laughs> putting him through the grinder for being incompetent, and we have this last little bit of, he wants glory so badly, and he sees it right there and it's like we'll screw you I'm taking this it's like oh friend oh, that yeah. is such a small minded way to look at it and that's exactly what they were counting Sato. on Sato. Oh, Sato Commander Sato now this is a this is a really great example of a really good send off for it, a character. Yeah, that yes. that I will. I mean, this again is like it's maybe so morbid sad. and weird, but like this was one of my favorite parts of the episode it, it because was, it was amazing. It's <laughs> devastating, but at the same time, um, like Commander Sato, he he knew he knew that he needed to help Ezra get away, and there was one way to do it, and he took it. Yeah, it's a man who understands was, the bigger picture, and it was so sad seeing those two pilots also go. You know, we're, we're staying. Stay. <sighs> it was like, man, you're stationed. It was. It was. Fine. It was like you know the captain going down with the ship on the Titanic. It yeah. was. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. And the band played on. They did. They played on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That. I mean. And again, it was just they set it up so nicely for this really emotionally devastating moment wherein you saw that coming from a mile away but yeah. like in the best way possible well and there's just mention- that moment of oh yeah well not to mention that like we've also gotten to meet like members of his family mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like he's been with us since season 1 and and like also you know Thrawn acknowledges that like hey we've had this history together too and so for this character to to sacrifice his life for you know for the greater picture of everything it was it's sad but what a great send off yeah, if we had a season one character that I was expecting to bite it today, it was Callus. I know, and he yeah! didn't! Oh my goodness! I, I so love that he annoyed Price into letting him go. It was that great. That was like, because he's just sitting there I know. just being a jerk. He's like, like, you know what, throw him out an airlock. It's just that smirk going into the elevator. <laughs> yeah, like, that I smirk, don't. Yeah. That smirk. He's like, man, Governor Price... 
Thrawn's gonna be real mad when he finds out that you let the interdictor like get totally disabled. It's like, wow, look how much you've screwed up. The rebels have beat me and they're totally gonna beat you so, too. And she is just 8,000% done with the world by this point. So it's like, throw him out an airlock. I don't even care. Just get rid of him. Yeah. So can we talk about like how part one, because of Agent Callus, part one episode, you know, part one of this two-parter, kicked my heart so oh, I hard know. repeatedly because it's like, oh, this is the moment we've been dreading. This is the bit where he's gonna die. I for sure thought that they were just gonna kill him immediately. Me too. I thought no. they were gonna use him to send out false information. Like, I'm kind yeah. of disappointed that that didn't happen. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. But given the timing, I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah, here's the thing. Given all of our theories, this was actually the best possible outcome because I don't think yes. any of us expected him to live oh, no. this season. And he could still die. He's still yeah. probably still going to die. I mean, the He's Bindu, living on borrowed time. The yeah. Bendu basically said, like, yeah, you and everyone you know are gonna die, Kane. Yeah. So everyone dies eventually. Yeah. But like, but like for this, um, man, to actually see it start to happening and to like anticipate, like, oh no, this is because I thought they were gonna kill him immediately as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The fact that one, he actually held his own for a tiny, tiny bit of time sure. and long enough to get the message out. Yeah. Yeah. That's super impressive. And two, like, it's also super messed up that yeah, they didn't kill him right away. They didn't kill him right away so they could make him watch mm-hmm. all of his rebel friends die. Mm-hmm. That's well, messed up. Withdrawn. They also probably wanted all of the information that he had. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it made sense that we had a like we had Thrawn expositing. We needed that for the audience for to sure. figure out how did Thrawn figure out where they were when they weren't on a map? Oh and my it was god, art. it was that awesome. Was so well put together. And again, I like that we're no longer taking on credit that he's near omniscient with no. all the stuff he knows. It's like, I specifically studied art, and ancient art depicts a galaxy here in the middle of where all these other things, like, okay, it's nice to see you the had that skill set. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, thank you. I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah, I mean, for, from the beginning, like, there was a moment at the beginning where Callus was using a mouse droid to, like, spy on yeah. a conversation, and I was like, ooh, maybe this is gonna go well, because obviously that's where he got the information that they knew where the rebel base was, and they were going to attack, so then he went to go send the message, and then as soon as he got like locked out of sending the message, it was like, no. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Was this Ezra's home on Lethal, like that little radio tower? I might have been I, because I mean that I, was because there's still a big gaping hole of they were the the plan was to basically attack Lethal, like the Imperial base on Lethal. To you know, yeah, it reminds me of that uh, yeah. little tower that Ezra was living in, and it had all those stormtrooper helmets in it. So you I know think what it, it reminded me of what the tower at the end of Rogue One. Mm. You know, the only communication tower yeah. on the planet because engineers in the Empire yeah. are super smart. I mean, y'all. they were definitely supposed to be on Lethal. So, but like, um, but yeah, so like, I'm like, if he's transmitting fulcrum messages from Ezra's old home, like, that's so sweet. Like, yeah. And the, the code phrase is by the light of Lethal's moon. Yeah. Like, Which Thrawn found out. Oh, man. But I love that they just had like a straight up brawl. Like, when, when yeah. Thrawn yeah. prevented him from sending the, the message. And catching the helmet. Yeah. Just like, oh god, everything is amazing. He swept the knee. It was so great. I'm terrified, but everything is amazing. 
Well, yep. and it was, it's always nice to see somebody get the better of Thrawn, even if it's just for a second, because Thrawn's in the middle of saying, "Hey, your your technique is good, but your mm-hmm. abilities are limited because of because of your imperial training." And that's exactly when Callus gets the upper hand yep. by playing you talk dirty too much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and let's talk about Callus's like sexy hair. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, <laughs> just the one piece out of place. And like with those cuts on his face, I'm like, you wear that well. I know sir. you look good in this you episode. Look great. You don't have to do a ponytail. Like when you wear a ponytail, no, try, don't no. do the Javert ponytail, oh, please. No, I can't rubber, take it. No, rubber bands break your hair. That's the thing. And they don't tell women that because we're supposed to wear it up. But when man buns were a thing, that was the big, oh, don't wear it in a ponytail all the time. It breaks your hair. I'm like, well, okay, fine. But when you do that, you have those pieces that barely stay in. And that was one of them. And it's like, I have been there. It hangs in your face for forever. It's such a pain. Yeah. I'm with you. The um, the only thing I didn't like about Callus... First of all, like I loved everything with Callus in this yeah, episode. Yeah, me too. Um, the, the motion for his expressions were fantastic. Yes. Because he ran so the gamut good. as well. Like, A plus on the animation on this one, guy. Just the just smirk amazing. in the elevator. That, just the smirk well, in the elevator. A lot of the looks of like dismay. Like again, he both he and Thrawn went through like all of the characters went through like a torrent of emotions. Mm-hmm. But like the only and I loved his escape too. It was like it was so perfect. It, like in the way that only a movie escape can be perfect. Yeah. Um, I was expecting that pod to get shot. Like I was expecting terrible things to happen before they were able to pick it up, and they didn't. And I was just like Oh my god, he lived! I was like, even when he made his escape, like, and he's in that escape pod, like, I thought he might have been getting into a bit of a of a more complex ship, and like a TIE fighter or something. So in my head, I'm still like, please don't kill yourself. Please don't kill yourself. Please don't don't, don't be a don't hero. Sato, please. Yeah. And he just decided to get out of Dodge and hail the one ship that he knew and knew would be able to pick him up because Hera has those skills. And it, again, it went perfectly. Um, my the only thing I didn't like about Callus's story in these two episodes, I love the moment he had with Kanan. I really wish he had had a moment with Zeb. Just really yeah. quickly. Well, it doesn't I mean, even need to be huge. I loved Zeb's reaction to realizing that it was uh, that it was Agent Callus that was like hailing them because they just saw the fulcrum symbol and he was like, "It's Callus." He's alive. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so I would have liked just like just like even just like an arm punch. Yeah. Would have been like super. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Though the moment with Kanan was really nice. Yeah. It was great. Um, and then you know you just have the door closing on him too, where it's just like, yeah, this is where he is now, and we're gonna close the door on that for right yeah. now. Well, and letting Callus live now, the rebellion has all of the information about the empire that he knows. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all the passwords and codes and everything will be changed right away. Of because course, of course. that's what you do when a high-level person leaves yeah, your yeah. employee. You change all the passwords that they had. But still, there's a lot of info that he has that they can use. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that all yeah. uh, I'm so happy. plays out in subsequent so seasons. Happy. But I am very happy. I'm yes. very happy that Callus is still alive, and I'm I'm glad. I'm I'm excited to see how they incorporate him kind of into the the team. It was know? an unexpected gift. It really was. Yeah. I think we were all sitting here going, "Well, he's dead." 
He yeah. is a yeah. dead man. Oh my I god. I still he's think not. he's eventually going to get killed. Oh yeah, but he's yeah. absolutely on borrowed time right now. But yeah. but yeah, I I really can't wait to see the various interactions because it's like, how do you interact with this guy who, you know, you threw through a pane of glass yeah. that one time. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Sorry like, about uh, that. Yeah, you threw me through a window one time. Well, you know, he kind it's of okay. Believable. You kind of deserved it. <laughs> In my defense. Yeah. It's like, let's be completely real. Water here. under the bridge. Yeah. We're cool, right? Yeah. The other, uh, and you, you brought up, you know, wanting to have this moment between Zeb and Callus that we didn't get, but I think we'll get probably a nice episode of the two of them. I mean, honestly, I honestly feel like maybe it'll be a Zeb and Callus episode episode that Callus ultimately meets his demise in. Like I feel oh, like God. I feel like <laughs> that that interaction with Zeb yeah. was like part of the sort of catalyst of having him turn to be a turncoat basically and switch sides. So we're gonna go full circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think we're gonna go full circle with that eventually. Oh, but uh, that's, that, that's more that's more predictions territory. But I did like that because I mean I, I loved obviously loved the season finale of season two. So incredible the the showdown with uh, Ahsoka and Vader and all the stuff with Darth Maul, but like I like that the this was more of a group effort. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we, like we got these amazing space battles in this episode, and we also got that really nice scene of Zeb and Captain Rex, yeah, like going to to put up the shield around the base. Yes, and I just I love that a lot of it was just awful, awful banter in the middle of awful, awful times, because dark humor is what gets you through. Well, exactly. And, and just, the the bit that got me was, um, oh, it seems like Thrawn's really trying to kill us this time. That's only funny because you're still alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Mom and Dad were on fire yeah. this episode. Rex yeah. and were great. being buddy, like buddies in this episode was fantastic. Hera was a freaking all-star. Yeah, she really like, was. All the way through. If I'm going to go, I'm going in the ghost. Just like, oh! And like, you know, lie here and die, don't mind me. You know that she's the one that Thrawn wants to bring in, like, out of oh, all yeah. of the Oh, no, totally. Because, I mean, Thrawn very specifically was, you know, they very, uh, or, uh, or it was... Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin was like, you need to capture these rebel leaders. Don't like, kill do them. And Thrawn's like, mm, I, you know, it might not be possible to capture people. And he's like, yeah, you're gonna capture them. <laughs> you are smart enough that you can devise a plan where you can capture them. Like, when you're when your superiors know that you're that competent, yeah. you don't get that wiggle room. You don't have yeah. an excuse. Either you capture them, or it's a failure. Right. But And this was just a failure on all counts for Thrawn. I but. know, but at the same time, it's like this weird place of it wasn't really a victory for the Rebels either. Oh, no. Except from the point of view that they lived. They lived. Yeah. Which I really liked. You know what I mean? When you're fighting a losing war, sometimes that's the victory condition. You survive. Good. And I mean, that was kind of the thing, you know, tonally, it was very similar in some ways. Obviously, like, not on quite as devastating a scale, but kind of similar to Rogue One from the point of view that when I watched Rogue One, that was the first time in Star Wars, besides like Rebels and Clone Wars, where I was like really feeling all of the deaths. Yeah, like I feel, and and this is the first time. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of deaths in in Rebels, um, but a lot of them have been like, mm, 
this is going to sound terrible, but like civilians who you didn't necessarily know the names NPCs. of or anything. Yeah, NPCs. But I really felt the deaths of the NPCs even in this yeah. because you had all the pilots that got killed. Yeah. And that, that was very much how I felt watching Rogue One. Like, I felt it like every time one of those people got killed on the beach by a sand trooper. Uh, like, it was just... Because Rogue One isn't all the space Jesus figures. Yeah. Rogue One is all of the, the little people. I hate I know. to say it, but... It's the war part of Star Wars. Yeah. And you really don't get that focus outside from the really big battles to take down the Death Star. But this this really gives you the people on the ground. We don't really have a big force. There's no Jedi coming in no. to save us. And even here, our Jedi was doing his absolute best to bring... Yeah. <laughs> he did, he, in this chess match... Kanan brought in the guy who flipped the table. Right, exactly. Like, I, that was the whole point of him is, yeah. we literally cannot win this game. Here is someone who will flip the table and hopefully will make it out the other side. Hera yeah. and Thrawn are playing this very intricate game and the Bendu just runs in and knocks down the table. Get yeah. off of my lawn! Yeah. Which I will say, I guess, like, I sort of appreciate that Thrawn, uh, that uh, Kanan took the very, like, Jedi approach to it and, like, it didn't quite work out the way he wanted <laughs> no. it to. This is your friend? Ugh, friends. Might have made him mad. Uh, Ryan with Allison in chat <laughs> says, this episode showed why Hera is a general by the time Rogue One rolls yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I think she's at a point where she's gonna get promoted pretty soon yeah. since we Captain lost some people little, in charge. Captain seems a little small for her, considering yeah. what she's capable well, of. Well, because, I mean, you know, without her kind of having as solid of a plan as she had, and, and again, like, participating in this chess match with Thrawn, there would have been more... Like, she managed to kind of hold him off until the table got flipped and yeah. then escape with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Or everyone that they could escape with yeah, anyway. Well, yeah, that's very true. Ooh, yeah, that, that, that guy was... who flipped the chessboard didn't murder on their way out. Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty Whoops. much. Yeah. That, I mean, that first moment, too, when all of those Star Destroyers came out of hyperspace, like, yeah. right where the Rebel Squadron was, it was like... That's it was extremely intimidating. Yeah, um, and they know where they are. Oh God, they know where we well, are, and, and they're here. And yeah. Hera was the one to immediately be able to piece together based on Fulcrum's message. Shoot, they know where we are. Mm -hmm. She is the one that knows Thrawn best, and is probably the one that's most capable of trying to combat him. That's it's like trying to fight a supercomputer, but like she's probably the most qualified given her one-on-one -on -one time with him. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, it, it, slight feelings of the Bendu being deus ex machina aside, I, I really enjoyed these episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah, these were great. To your point, um, this was a very different season finale. Very season, different. Uh. The, the finale for season one was very much a family rescue mission. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it was so, you know, again, it was surprising when Inquisitors just were like, peace, I'm out. Yeah. Um, and, and bringing in Vader and all that. Um, ending of season two was such an emotionally charged um, very personal story uh, on both fronts, on both the Maul and the Ahsoka Vader front. Here, this is where we're like getting more grand scheme. Like, hey, we're trying to dismantle the coalition that is the Rebellion. And we're, we're seeing a huge setback in that effort to try to bring everybody together. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot more Rogue One, this finale, because, yeah. again, we have all of the people on the ground. We have all of the people that make up this rebellion and set up this structure to allow this very, very tiny handful of Jedi to 
I fight Vader, I guess. I lost you know, the end of that sentence. Well, I mean, you know, and, and at this point, too, it's like with whoever has, you know, managed to survive, they're all on their way to Rebel Command at Yavin 4. And I I loved AP5 being like, I recommend that we take an additional hyperspace jump. And it's just like... Might as well do three. Let's do three. Can I just say I love his little run cycle? Oh my god, his run was amazing. It was just (laughs) so great. Uh, More AP5. Uh, Yes, please. I also loved at the beginning of the episode when like uh, Ezra was having this really nice like heart to heart moment with Kanan about like everyone's working so hard for this rebellion. I mean, you and Hera and Zeb and Chopper, not so much. <laughs> well, and I, I really like that moment too because we've seen so much of like egotistical Ezra in this season, and I think meeting Obi Wan really humbled him. Yeah, um, because he's like, I didn't, I didn't contribute to any of this, and even though that's not true, and we have this interaction with him and Kanan, and again at the beginning of the season, he's like, I don't need Kanan. Kanan left, and here he's like, I need you not to teach me about being a Jedi, but to continue teaching me about how to be a good person. I think yeah. that was my favorite conversation in the episode. Yeah. And I enjoyed a lot of conversations in this episode, yeah. but just that bit of, no, you're... Dad, you're, don't leave me again. Right. Yeah, you're my surrogate dad now, and you have a lot more life experience than I do. The Jedi stuff has been great, but I need you to keep teaching me how to be a good human being. Yeah, and I like that, you know, the episode was kind of bookended with that conversation at the beginning, and then their conversation at the end, where Ezra is understandably upset because... From his perspective, being so young, this is such a huge loss. Like yeah. they lost their base, they lost lost a lot a of people. lot of, a lot of their fleet. Isn't this like the second time he's lost his home? Kind that yeah. Base was home? yeah, yeah. Um, and not to mention that, like, um, I I remember when uh, season two was getting ready to start, they were talking about how season one was basically like a new hope. Mm -hmm. Um, And that for season two, they wanted to make it a little bit more like Empire Strikes Back. And I feel like that extended. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this is still Empire Strikes Back. No, this ending is way more Empire Strikes Back. And I feel like we're probably going to get maybe one more season of Empire um, before we get a season of uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about in this episode specifically? I just enjoyed all of it. Yeah, like it was. It was a lot of fun. There were some parts where it was like, "Yep, this is hilarious," and then there were some. I was making a lot of noises, just a lot of uh, noises. Uh, so happy Callus is alive. Yeah. Um, beautiful animation. Again, everyone's expressions were so good. That scene where Hera's standing underneath the shield and you're just seeing all of these lasers yes. bombarding the shield. Just absolutely exquisite. Um, and, and then yeah. Kanan out having to find cover because yeah. they're blowing up everything. But yeah, no, just really great art direction in this episode. Uh, like I said, stellar animation. Good job, guys, and thanks for not killing Callus. Do you guys have any favorite moments from this season that come to mind? Favorite moments from this season? Oh, uh, that's a lot to mull over. For me, it's all of Trials of the Dark Saber. Basically, everything that happened with Sabine this season. This was a really, really so good, good season for her. Um, I, I felt like it added a lot of layers to her character, you know, wherein she was kind of the the fun, spunky, tough girl who, I mean, she was always kind of a mess, which made her an interesting person. She was definitely not your kind of generic, like, you know, girl who blows stuff up. Uh, but I, I just really felt that this season, by the time they found the Darksaber, you didn't want 
Ezra or Kanan to have it. You really yeah. wanted her to take up the mantle. I would have to agree with you on that as like a personal highlight. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to go with AP5 singing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was yes. just a magical moment. I enjoyed a lot of the stuff with the Bendu. Just like as yeah. a character, he intrigues me. Partially because I can't separate him from Tom Baker, Time Lord. Mm-hmm. And partially because it's really interesting to see people who do straddle both sides and yeah. make that balance. And even if I think he kind of threw that out the window at the end, it yeah. started coming off to me as more, I think that I'm this than I am this. Like that, it shifted a little bit at the end there, but I really enjoyed him as a character, and I enjoyed just at the end that laughter. Like, if you strike me down now, I will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. And lo and behold, that was that moment for Thrawn. So yeah. good. No, I totally agree. Um, I know for a lot of people, probably their personal highlight is just seeing Thrawn. Period. Oh, at oh, all? Yeah. Um, so that that and getting getting because I haven't read any of those extended universe books. Getting introduced to him was really cool. It was, and I guess the new Thrawn novel comes out in a week or two. Yeah, it does. It was really interesting actually hearing uh, um, the producers on Rebels and stuff talk about that uh, talk about the character of Thrawn on uh, Rebels Recon because they were talking about how, you know, oh, we're introducing Thrawn, this like really scary villain into what's supposed to be a kid's show and they basically were like, well, we don't really think of Rebels as a kid's show. We think it's a show for everybody and even if kids watching the show don't fully understand sort of the psychological games that Thrawn plays and how, you know, complex his strategies are. Like, they still get that he is a bad guy and exactly. that he is really smart and really scary. I, I'm going to go back to Gargoyles for this. Xanatos. Yeah. Little kids don't understand all the ins and outs of Xanatos, but they know that he is the scariest guy on the block. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, Lars Mikkelsen, he's freaking great. Yeah, so, so good. good. But it's, so it's good the same Thrawn. idea. Oh, did plan A go down? All right, we got yeah. plan B, we got plan C. Yeah. I can and, think my way in circles around you. We're good. And yeah. getting to see him think and see his thought process and see him plan things out was really cool. I have to say though, my favorite was Callus turning into Fulcrum. Yeah. I, I have to, <laughs> like, I can't lie. I can't lie. Yeah. We're just getting that reveal. Yeah. Yeah. That whole, just that couple of minutes of, no, I'm him, when we have to make it look convincing window. Oh. Yeah. Callus is definitely one of my favorite characters and I'm I'm glad to see him live to see another Yay! day. Mutton chops. <laughs> yes. So happy. Uh, is is Megan in the chat? Do we know? She, she is. She's okay. been in the chat this whole time. Happy birthday, happy Megan. Happy birthday. That's, my, that's also my segue into uh, iTunes reviews because somebody asked us on there for a birthday shout out. Uh, we have two new reviews, both five stars. What a finale exclamation point from Prodigal358. I don't know, Megan. Maybe this is you. Uh, wow. <laughs> not what I was picturing, but amazing. Cannot wait to see what is coming next season. If it's not too much trouble, can I get an on-air birthday shout out? Shout out to happy you. Birthday. Also, Prodigal three five eight or maybe just that's another one to Megan. I don't know. Uh, and then there's another <laughs> review entitled Rebel Women from Jedi James 32. Uh, smart, intelligent, and well-informed banter between the hosts. Very up-to-date fix for the latest n- on new episodes of Star Wars Rebels. I love the women's enthusiasm and their perspective on the Star Wars universe. We need more voices like this. Aww. I agree. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, season three. That's that's all she wrote. Oh, <laughs> it went by too quickly. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it really, it really did. Uh, I expect, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to go with uh, uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s uh, one spoiler for season four is that uh, Kanan and Zeb are still handsome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he tweeted that earlier. I thought that was uh, pretty entertaining. So uh, I feel like that's about right. Yeah. 
there we go. Season three. Uh, we will be back for, for season four uh, when that happens, which will be sometime in the fall. I'm suspecting sometime around late September, early October, as that kind of seems to be the trend. Uh, but same guys, bat channel. Yeah, can't vouch for the time. But yeah, same bat channel. Exactly. We'll we'll obviously uh, share all of that information once we have it. So. Uh, until then, we all do lots of other things. Yes, we so do. So we don't need to be completely out of your lives. Katie, where can people keep up with you? You can find me on all the social medias and YouTube at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. YouTube is mostly reaction videos. If you like watching the two of us make faces as we watch things, that is the place to do it. Um, I am on the Iron Fist after show. That is Tuesdays at 6. I'm on Arrow. That is Wednesdays at 9. Um, in this time, well, the 8 p.m. time slot, Samurai Jackstar starts next week, so that's going to be super fun. And I am also on Geek and Sundry's Gather Your Party on Friday nights. That's uh, twitch.tv slash geek and sundry. We play video games. That We have an improv group that we partnered up with. Everything is wonderful. You should watch. Megan Salinas. Hey guys, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheMenguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I write articles for the movie chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. I did a review of the Death Note teaser trailer that came uh. out this week. So if you want to hear me <laughs> scream in Kelsey into the uh, void. Uh, yeah, the yeah. If you want to hear me scream and he'll kill inherently into the void, check out the last uh, Schmoes No Live show. I went on quite a rant oh, about it. Uh, follow Joelle uh, on all social media at Joelle Monique. Uh, that's what she's everywhere. She's doing all kinds of stuff and she likes to tweet as much as I do. So yay. Uh, and I'm Emma Fife. I can be found all over the internet wherever Emma Fife's are sold at my name, Emma Fife. Uh, you can continue to enjoy Star Wars adventures with me uh, every Friday night at 9 o'clock p.m. on twitch.tv slash hyperrpg for Pencils and Parsecs where we play the Edge of the Empire role-playing game by Fantasy Flight. It is so much fun. You guys should watch. We have a great cast and that is that. Again, guys, you can still use that hashtag ABTVRebels to share any like Star Wars thoughts you have with us and uh, you know, we'll see you all for season four. Bye, guys. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. May the Force be with you. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.